Good morning, listeners. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the audience, both biological mothers and surrogate mothers. May you feel appreciated and loved by all your children. We continue our series, Begun Last Sunday, on examining descriptions of God not normally emphasized in our worship so that we can enhance our worship of God. Today, we look at the description of God as mother. Two short passages taken from the book of Isaiah will form the basis of our study. The first is Isaiah 49, verse 15, which states, Can a woman forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And the other is found in chapter 66, verse 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. God gives honor to the role mothers play in society by describing himself as a mother. Since women, along with men, were created in the image of God, all the positive attributes of motherhood are found in God. They find their source in God and are embodied in Him. For our study, we will focus on three attributes embodied in God as mother highlighted in the passages. Firstly, God will not forget His children. Secondly, God will have compassion on His children. And lastly, God will comfort his children. We will now look at each in turn. Firstly, God will not forget his children. Now, we know that God cannot forget things. The word forget in the passage is to be understood to mean forsake. Hence, God will never forsake his people. In the face of accusations from the children of Israel, in verse 14 of chapter 49 in Isaiah, that the Lord had forsaken Zion and forgotten about her, the Lord replied that, that he had not abandoned his people and that they were the ones who had abandoned him. But like a true mother, he would never abandon them. However, a true mother would never condone the wrong behavior of her children but would speak out, and if it is within her powers, would seek to discipline her children. She would not be like Johnny's mother, who, though Johnny was the most terrifying criminal, would still cry at his funeral, Johnny was a good man. In a similar manner, since God is both holy and just, he would, of necessity, have to punish evil. This was the situation that faced the people of Israel. They were being disciplined by God because of their disobedience. Isaiah chapters 40 to 66 was written to the people of Israel to comfort them in their suffering. They had experienced God's heavy hand of discipline for their spiritual idolatry in abandoning their allegiance to him and serving other gods. The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar and the people had been carried off into captivity in Babylon where they suffered. 
The writer of Lamentations echoed their cries of anguish when he exclaimed to God, He has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. Though God's heavy hand was upon his people, he had not abandoned them. What God was doing was removing the cancer of disobedience and idolatry from within them so that they could be healed and turned back to him. God's discipline of his children was for their good to bring out holiness in them. As Hebrews 13 verse 10 and 11 tells us that God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So, if you are a believer and you are experiencing such trouble in your life that might cause you to think that God has turned his heavy hand on you, do not be discouraged. Remember that God is working all things for your good. In all that God does on behalf of his people, his goal is to make them become more like his son, Jesus. Secondly, we note God's promise to Israel that he will have compassion on them. Having compassion is one of God's traits. It is a word that is replete throughout scripture to describe God's dealing with his people. To have compassion is to empathize with someone who is suffering and to feel compelled to reduce the suffering. God's greatest act of compassion was demonstrated through his son. He took the form of man and came to earth to experience all the conditions of life that ordinary humans experience. He then suffered on the cross of Calvary to make atonement for man's sin. During his stay on earth, Jesus experienced all the joys and pain that we experience. Hebrews 14, 4 verse 15 explains to us that Jesus is our high priest and that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.18 also tells us that because he, Jesus, suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. God's greatest act of compassion was demonstrated when he satisfied our greatest need by cancelling our sins and brought us back into fellowship with himself. If God has taken care of our greatest need, Will he not satisfy every other need that we have? This is the point God wishes to drive home to his children. Though some mothers may abandon their children, God will never cease to have compassion on his people. God wants his people to trust his loving care for them, even when things seem the hardest. It is in the most difficult of times that God wishes his people to trust his character and not doubt his care for them. Let us take to heart the command in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 which states, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. 
Now we look at the last description of God as mother, that he will comfort his people. One of the most comforting verses in the entire Bible is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, which reads, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. One songwriter penned these words, which all of us can identify with. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way seems weary and long, he answers his own heart by stating emphatically, Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. God cares for his children and will comfort them during their distress. God won't necessarily remove the sources of our distress, but will strengthen us during our trials. God knows the benefits of trials to make us stronger. God will comfort us with his presence and his promises. As to his presence, we are assured of this because he promised us that he will never leave us or forsake us. And we know that God does not lie. As to his promises of comfort, scripture abounds with them. Here are just three of them. Psalm 23 verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. And 2 Corinthians 7 verse 6 tells us that God comforts the downcast. In conclusion, just as children run to their mother's arms for comfort and compassion when they hurt or in trouble and are assured of her love, God wants us to turn to him in our distress because he will never abandon us or fail to care for us. His love for us is guaranteed. As Romans 8 reminds us, nothing can separate us from his love. Blessings to you all. Show love to your mothers today and every day. See you next week.